I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, understand. you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Meet who we have tonight. Uh, I, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. The internet, social media, dating and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner. And we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer Online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection and hopefully how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case. The investigators. They discovered a victim inside the house. Victims' family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves. You have to decide, okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people? If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sometimes it's not the graphic nature of the chat between the predator and the decoy posing as the child that offends me. Although it always does. Sometimes, though, it is, in fact, the sheer nonchalance the casual nature of the predator that is so shocking and makes you realize how much of this is going on on an hourly basis on the internet, this predatory behavior. And when I say nonchalance and casual attitude, I mean the sense of entitlement that some grown men have thinking that they can have this sort of sexual conversation with someone they think is underage and somehow rationalize that this is okay to have this discussion online, to reach out to someone who's underage, a child, 
and then to broach the subject of a sexual encounter, make a plan, and travel to consummate this illegal fantasy. And such is the case with a guy named Ronell Stevens Tun, who was 23 and fresh out of the U.S. Navy when he walked into our sting house in March of 2006 in Greenville, Ohio, a small town in Dark County, not too far from Dayton, Ohio, where, as you know, we conducted a sting within the last year. Very successful one. Ronell was online lurking about one night and engaged in a conversation with a perverted justice decoy named Destiny. The decoy's name was Destiny, the girl online. Her profile clearly indicated that she was 13 years old. And if you recall, in Ohio, this was our fourth sting. We had done the original in Bethpage, New York, outside of Washington, D.C. in Herndon, Virginia, Riverside County, California, and then we went to the small town of Greenville to see if there were predators there. And oh, yes, there were. 18 of them in three days showed up. And I think there would have been more. But I think we might have been made right there in Greenville. Looking back, it seems to me that word got out. Now, that didn't stop people from traveling from Cincinnati, from Dayton, from all over the state of Ohio. And it didn't stop Ronell from driving all the way from Fort Wayne, Indiana to Little Greenville, Ohio, to our beautiful country mansion out in the farmlands. This house we were able to get from a builder. It's beautiful. The primary set in the house, as you may recall, was in the basement, a beautiful finished basement. Had a bar right there. The predator would pull up into the driveway and walk around to the back of the house, knock on the door, or sometimes just enter, but he would come in. And this was before we had on-site decoys specifically to greet and chat with the predator. We had Dell, who was great, but she didn't always want to show her face for obvious reasons, so we employed her voice to invite the predator in. Ronell Stevens-Tun only chatted for about two and a half hours with Destiny, and he was somewhat coy in the chat, and we'll get into that in just a moment here, about what he was going to do, what he wanted, Was she game? The profile of a girl who's living with her grandma. And this particular weekend, the grandma went to Las Vegas and didn't take little Destiny with her. So she's home alone and curious. 
What's up? You want to chat? He asks. Now, Ronell's screen name is Come Ride and Chill with Me. Playing right into the casual nature of his attempted crime. The crime for which he was convicted, ultimately. LOL, sure. ASL, 23 male Fort Wayne. Cool, she says. 13 female Ohio. Right off the bat, he knows the age. Doesn't say anything about it, though. So how you doing? I'm bored, LOL. You? I'm all right. Chilling. Looking for something to do. S-U-M-N. Oh, I see, she says. What do you want to do? Anything, really. LOL, cool. I'm about to go ride around, he says. Ride around where? Anywhere I end up. Free as the breeze, apparently, Ronell is. So what part of Ohio are you from, he wants to know. Greenville. Oh, so what you look like? LOL, my pick is on my pro, meaning profile. Oh, all right. LOL, nice pick, he says. Thank you very much, says Destiny. You got a pick, she wants to know? You're cute. You think so? Yeah, LOL. You like to laugh. He says, yeah, LOL. That's good. I could make you laugh all day, says come ride and chill with me. 23-year-old Ronell. So when's your birthday? January 15th, she says. Remember, this is in March. Oh, you just turned 13 as if it would make a difference. As if it would be better if she was about to turn 14. She's a child, Ronell, and you are 23. Just out of the Navy. So how's life, he asks. LOL, boring. Grandma left for Vegas, and I'm here. What, she left you alone? Yeah. You didn't want to go? She didn't want me to go. I guess. Now I see why you're bored. Yeah. What'd you like to do? Drink, LOL. Now, clearly the decoy is playing someone who's 13, but at least open to the idea of risky behavior. Now, that doesn't make it okay for Ronell to continue this conversation, though. This is the point where Ronell probably should have said, I'm gone. I'm out of here. You're too young. This is inappropriate. I shouldn't even be chatting with you, but no, no, no. No, Ronell says, what you drink. Mike's, she says, as in Mike's Heart Lemonade. Oh, yeah? Well, if you feel like chilling, I can bring some. Really? That would be cool. Really? Well, when you want to, he asks. I'm home alone all weekend. We just gonna chill, she asks. Yeah, why? Just wondering. Why wonder? I'm just a type of person. I'm really laid back and I'm into doing whatever a person wants Z with a Z to do. <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry about nothing. I wouldn't pressure you to do nothing you wouldn't do, okay? Okay. 
But what if I get like kind of crazy? This girl asks. Well, I'm for whatever. I'm not scary. I'm not scary. Hmm. So he's being coy. He knows she's 13. Just recently 13. And he's open to whatever. If you want to, today we can. I don't have nothing going right now. Doesn't like to use the H or the G, I guess. Maybe, she says. Oh, maybe. So, um, you're not quiet in person, are you? No. Good. Nice name, Destiny. So what kind of dog was in your pick? A chihuahua, she says. I hate them little motherfuckers. <laughs> well, he doesn't explain why. So you don't have a boyfriend, he wants to know. No. Sad face. Probably an hour and a half, he says, as far as the distance from Fort Wayne to Greenville. The guys at school are dumb. Oh, are they? Yeah. I don't have no girlfriend. You should be my little mammy. Hmm. That's a first in all the predator investigations we've done. Little Mammy, M-A-M-I. I ask him about that later. You'll hear what he says. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. LOL, that would be cool. Uh-huh. You think so? Yeah. So what would we do when you get here, she asks. Drink, talk, play around, act stupid. Whatever you want to. LOL, she says. Why? What you want to do? Act stupid. I don't want to get preggers. I wouldn't get you pregnant, he says. Why say that? LOL, I don't know. That's what my dad always said acting stupid meant. Oh, no, it ain't. Oh, I see. What you mean? Just have fun, act crazy. But it's whatever you want to do. God, he's a gentleman, isn't he? You're the female. You said Greenville? Yeah. Yeah, about an hour and a half, he says. Cool. How much can you drink? LOL, like six, but I get really wild, LOL. Mike's hard lemonade, right? Yeah. What if I stayed? Will that be a problem? What would we do? It wouldn't be, I don't think. Nothing. Just like I said, whatever you wanted to do, you de female, and I don't pressure no one to do nothing. Why, what you want to do, he asks. I want to have fun. Okay, well, we can have fun. We can do whatever you want to. So you want me to come? I want to know what you want to do. You're not telling me, and I want to know. We can drink, okay, and whatever else happens, it's fine. What do you want me to say? Like nothing, she said. Yeah. LOL, what you want me to do? Anything you want. I put it like this. If you wanted to have sex, I would okay. I know that's what you wanted me to say, wasn't it? Well, there you go. There's sex talk. He gives her his phone number. And to no one's surprise, 90 minutes later, 
Guess who walks into the basement entrance of our big, beautiful sting house in Greenville, Ohio? That's right. 23-year-old Ronell Stevens-Tone walks in like he owns the joint. He's wearing a gray sweatsuit, white hoodie. He's got two bags full of Mike's Heart Lemonade. That's right. He walks in and hears from Dell. I just stubbed the crap out of my toe. I don't want to bleed all over the carpet. Have a seat at the bar. He sets his bags down and starts to head over. Oh, yeah, and he confirms he brought the mics. He takes another look out the door and then closes it. Find a place, all right? Yeah. Bring your bag and come on over here for a minute, Lee. I walk out to the bar area and ask him if he's found the place all right. You knew what was going to happen. You knew what, what's this? Even before I can get him to have a seat, he says, I knew this was going to happen. He sets the two bags on the bar, right on the counter there. Now, as it turns out, Ronell, like some of the other fellas in the Ohio investigation, had seen our previous predator investigations. This being the fourth one, you know, it was starting to get some attention. But like the men who show up even today, who've seen our investigations for nearly 20 years now, he showed up anyway. He wanted to have sex with a teenage girl. And now he's face to face with me across our bar in the basement. Have a seat on that stool there, if you would. When I ask him why he thought this might be one of our predator investigations, he, he gets into some detail. Take a listen. Ronell, do you ever watch television? Mm-hmm. Do you ever watch Dateline NBC? Yeah, and I've seen this on TV. You've seen this on TV before? From my notes, look, I have. You knew it was going to happen. What made you think that this was, in fact, going to happen? Well, for one, which I think is kind of, I think is really, you know, is kind of like misleading in a way, but for why I just know me, I could tell because of how she just kept um, trying to see if I was really coming, if I was really coming, you know. So you smelled a rat. Yeah. But you came anyway. Yeah. Why? Something I did. Something you did. Something I did. He came anyway. He deflects. He blames the decoy. He intimates that this was some sort of setup or entrapment, which it was not. He would try that later in court when he went to trial. Tell you about that in a moment. But right now, he's going to try to pretty much blame everybody but himself. Well, he does take some responsibility. And this is great. Because he actually handicaps his responsibility. And you'll hear from him in a moment. He says it was a 50-50 situation. Half his fault and half the fault of the decoy and our investigation. 
But first, I want to hear about his background. And that's when he confirms that, in fact, he served in the Navy and claims to have had two to three trips to Iraq during the war. Says he saw some action. What do you do for a living, Ryan? Um, I just got out the military. You got in the military? What branch? The Navy. The Navy. And where did you serve in the Navy? Um, well, first I was stationed in Washington. In Washington. Been deployed like two, three times. Do you see any action? Yeah. Did you go to the war? Yeah, it was the first one to go when it first happened. In Iraq? Yeah. Now you would think, having served in the military, there would be some sort of code of honor. And Ronell wasn't the first fellow from the military or the first Iraqi war veteran to surface in our investigations. And there would be more after him. And we get, sadly, some veterans even to this day. While there is, you know, some question as to whether PTSD or the effect of being in a war would somehow explain this behavior, I, I, I just don't see it. I don't buy it, and I have very little sympathy for it in this particular scenario. But I give him a chance. Now, as a member of the United States military, there's a code of honor. Did you break that code tonight? Oh, I'll say in some ways, yeah. In some ways, yes. Yeah. But in other ways, I would say no, because I really haven't and I'm actually... But, Ronell, you're a grown man showing up with alcohol to meet a 13-year-old girl home alone. How does that look? That. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. And then I ask him about that line about the 13-year-old girl being his little mammy. You say, well, I'm in for whatever. I'm not scary. I don't have no girlfriend. You should be my little mammy. What does that mean? That was just a little joke, dog. A little joke. I ain't know if she took it serious or not, but I ain't. She talks about how she doesn't want to get pregnant. You say, I wouldn't get you pregnant. She brought it up. I didn't. She brought it up, I didn't. Ronell, the deflection act is not going to work here. Yeah, but you're but here. She's the one that brought all that up. I was just, she wanted to drink, so I don't know. If you wanted to have sex, I would, okay. I know that's what you wanted me to say, wasn't it? So you were game if she was game, basically. Uh, I couldn't say 100% that I would. What percent could you say? I would say it was more like a 50-50. A 50-50 deal. So maybe you'd have sex with her, maybe not. Now, he's already figured out who I am and what's going on here, so I make it official, mostly to signal to the crew it's time for them to come out. This is the part where I say I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and the cameras come out, and we ask if there's anything else you want to tell us. So if there's anything else you want us to know, we'd like to hear it. Uh, no, not really. It's just 
I mean, if I, if I okay, I realize I made uh, coming here was a mistake, but good thing that it didn't progress to nothing further. It's a good thing that we were here and a thirteen-year-old girl was not. I'm not gonna say say that anything would happen, but just I don't know. I just apologize if I offended anybody. But that's right. Ronell apologizes if he offended anyone. But he hedges as to whether or not he believes he's actually broken the law and seems to be clinging to this thinly veiled distinction that he didn't really have sex with a child and therefore he's not guilty of a crime. But we know that if we weren't there and a 13-year-old girl was, and Ronell even admits this in the interview pretty much, that very likely something would have happened and that something would have been the sexual assault of a child. Ronell leaves sheepishly and is arrested by the Dark County Sheriff's Office. You have the right to remain silent. You understand that? Say yes or no. Yes, sir. He's taken into custody. And unlike some of the others arrested in Dark County... Rennell does not see the light that the charges against him are pretty airtight. He's going to fight this. And he finds a lawyer who also thinks that this case could go to trial and be won. There's talk of entrapment. There's talk of a role-playing scenario that Ronell didn't really think it was a girl. They were just playing online. He thought he was going to walk in and see an adult. And and this, this case goes to trial about a year later in 2007. He's charged with attempted unlawful sexual conduct with a minor. The jury gets the case and deliberates for about 90 minutes part of which the jurors have lunch. And it's unclear as to whether or not the jurors actually deliberated while they ate or whether they took a break, but it it doesn't seem like it was a difficult case to resolve. 90 minutes. The verdict? Guilty. And guess what? When it came to sentencing... Ronell was nowhere to be found. He was a no-show. They had to send authorities to go get him and bring him to Ohio so that he could be sentenced. Seven months in jail. Probation. Registration as a sex offender. That's what the judge gave him. He was the last of the 18 predators I caught in Ohio in that particular investigation to go to trial to be dealt with by the criminal justice system. And he went away. He appealed his conviction in 2008, claiming there wasn't enough evidence to justify his conviction. There were other issues. All were shot down. It was unsuccessful. And in 2011... 
He was arrested for failing to register as a sex offender and went back to jail for six months. He moved to Hawaii for a time. And as far as we can tell, he is living back in Indiana and is no longer on the sex offender registry. There is no indication that he's committed any other felonies aside from this issue of failing to register, which sent him back to jail, which would have been a violation of his parole conditions, probation. I don't know what he's doing for a living now. I do have a couple of phone numbers, which I have called, and so far, Ronell has not gotten back to me. If he does, I will let you know. More of our story in a moment. I'm also going to let you know about the question Ken from New York sent to me for the question of the week here. Hey, Chris, this is Ken from New York. Just wanted to start off by saying I'm a big fan. I've been binge listening to your podcast while I'm driving for work. I'm actually listening right now, and I had to take a break to ask you a question. I've noticed a trend in all of your investigations, whether it be TCAP, Hanson versus Predator, or Takedown even, which I recently just subscribed to True Blue so I could watch. A lot of times when you're confronting these alleged predators, I've noticed that when you ask them how old the decoy is, they'll say, oh, she's uh, 18. I was wondering if you think there's a reason for them saying 18, you know, versus, you know, 19, 20, 21, or whatever it may be. Is it because it's the legal age of consent, or you think it'll save them some trouble? I was just wondering your input on that, because it has been eating away at me like Jeff Sokol eating his pizza. Anyways, thanks for all you do. Keep up the wonderful work, and I hope you and everybody is uh, doing well. Thanks. Thank you, Ken. And thanks for that question. You know, I think you hit it on the head that under duress, under the stress of coming face-to-face with me and law enforcement, the first thing they come up with is some sort of role-playing excuse. She was of age. She was just pretending to be younger. It's just a fantasy thing. Role-playing chat room, dude. And the reason they pick 18 is because, you know, that gets them out of trouble. The age of consent differs from state to state, and it differs based upon how old the, the older person is. In other words, if it's a 15, 17-year-old, it's not against the law. If it's 15 and 25-year-old, it could be against the law. If it's 16 and 25, it could be against the law. But 18 is the generally accepted, clear-cut age of consent, being an adult when it comes to sexual relations. And I also think they come up with that because in some of the social media platforms where they approach decoys posing as children and children. You're supposed to be of a certain age to actually be on the platform, but children routinely have the ability to circumvent this by just saying that they're older and getting into these chat rooms for whatever reason. But I think, Ken, you're right. I I think that's the quickest excuse they can come up with. I think in many cases, during the ride over to the Stinghouse, 
they start to figure, okay, what if this is law enforcement? What if this is takedown, one of the investigations on True Blue? What am I going to say if I get caught? And I think that's one of the excuses in their arsenal. And they hope and pray that somebody's going to believe them. But we don't. Thank you, Ken. As always, you can find me all over social media, at Chris Hansen on Twitter, at official Chris Hansen on Instagram, TikTok, have a seat with Chris Hansen, Cameo, Valentine's Day is coming up, and on my streaming crime network, True Blue, T-R-U-B-L-U, watch TrueBlue.com for details. We have new episodes of Takedown out now. We were recently doing a sting in Alabama, about 45 minutes from Birmingham, in Blunt County, with the Sheriff's Department there. Three guys showed up in two days. It was the first time Blunt County had done an investigation. And in this case, they had the help and mentorship of the Genesee County Sheriff's Office in Michigan. The first two episodes are out. They're shocking and fascinating. Take a look. And as always, you can find me right here at Chris at PredatorPodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening. A Huda Media Production.